Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Hockey fans, this is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey. I am Ben Goetzwinger, your Review Journal Golden Knights reporters. Joining me on the other line, all the way from scenic, idyllic, beautiful Buffalo, New York, is my colleague, David Shane. Dave, how's it hanging up there? Cold, man. Freezing. (laughs) I don't know what the deal is. It's... Like, not even that bad, and I'm just constantly shivering. So, I don't know. Buffalo, what can you do, right? Exactly. Western New York, not exactly known for its weather, uh, but it is known for uh, its hockey team and specifically hockey players and a certain hockey trade that was made with the Golden Knights not too long ago, and we're recording before in a very important hockey game in Buffalo, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that and set that up. Uh, But mainly today we're going to be talking about The Golden Knights and kind of where they are at in this uh, tight playoff race, certainly tighter than we expected coming into the year and going over some of the team's kind of uh, issues and latest injury news. Because even this morning, uh, Thursday morning, as we're recording this, even more popped up with this team, as it always seems to whenever someone blows their nose or anything. Um, But before we get to everything, I just want to uh, mention to everybody that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. You can check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com. We're probably going to be talking about some of the stories that Dave has already done from Buffalo as we get ready for a uh, very interesting and exciting game uh, tonight. Uh, And, of course, if you guys could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do do to podcasts, please do this one. We would very much appreciate it. Um, We are going to get into... Dave's visit to Buffalo in a sec here, but I think we need to uh, start kind of where we picked up last week, which was we were talking about uh, the Golden Knights kind of sputtering out of the All-Star break. I made a you know car analogy that I'm sure people either loved or hated and continued that when I did a, a piece kind of last weekend, extending it even further. Um, and since we kind of said like, oh man, they're sputtering here, uh, they've gone two and two with a minus two goal differential, including a two uh, one loss to Philadelphia to open uh, a season long five game road trip that they are currently on. Uh, they did get some guys that we've mentioned in kind of extended slumps like Beckelsois and Evgeny Dodonov off those Schneids, but uh, team wide, it still isn't pretty. They have two or fewer goals in seven of their twelve games since. The all-star break. And so that really seems to be kind of the primary issue and vulnerability for this team right now, Dave. Now, they did get left wing Max Patch ready back uh, Sunday against Ottawa since we last talked. But they're still missing guys like uh, Mark Stone, Alec Martinez, uh, now Braden McNabb, Matisse Yanmark, Nolan Patrick, and Brett Howden. Uh, need I go on? Uh, yes, I do. Because adding to that list this morning, uh, goaltender Robin Leonard got sent back. From the road trip with a lower body injury, not related to the upper body injury that had kept him out previously. And right wing Riley Smith is out tonight as well. 
Uh, so that's a lengthy, obviously, list there, Dave. But how much when we're talking about kind of the offense and just the general, I guess, malaise, for lack of a better word, you know, surrounding the Knights right now, how much do you blame it on the absences? How much do you just blame it on the team for not getting it going? Where are you at with kind of evaluating uh, this team right now? Because it just feels like obviously they knock out a chunk of games every week and we're down to you know, 24 games, less than a third of a season left for them to kind of get it together before the playoffs begin. Yeah, and even Alex Petrangelo mentioned it today about, you know, they're coming up on crunch time. So, you know, I think they they understand it. They feel it. Um, I was talking to a friend last night and going through a couple things. I want, I want to read off a couple stats because I found this interesting when I was going through it. On January 1st, the Knights were fourth overall in goals per game at 3.53. At the All-Star break, they were eighth at 3.35. And right now, they're 13th at 3.12. So, like, in two months, I mean, what, more than a third of a goal? And, like, it continues to go down. So, it's hard to pinpoint. Like, you want to say the injuries, and yet it wasn't really an issue Early on in the season, you know, when they had injuries, they were scoring goals. Maybe that was just kind of a fluke. You know, maybe this is is really more, you know, who they are and, and what we should have expected with all these injuries. I mean, you know, Mark Stone, um, you know, Pacioretty's been in and out of the lineup. Like, I mean, there's a lot of key offensive guys here that that this just all seems to, to have finally caught up with them. But... You know, the other side of this, too, is seems to be an ongoing problem. Like, I mean, we were talking to a couple of the writers today. Like, I mean, how many times over the last five years have they, quote unquote, run into a hot goalie or, you know, like all this other stuff? So, I mean, at some point, and maybe it's maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm still stuck on it. But, you know, this is still an expansion team. And, yes, they've had a whole bunch of changes and whatever, but like when you've got guys missing and your organizational depth isn't, you know, maybe on par with some other teams, you're not like plugging in first round picks into your lineup and, and things like that. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep it going. It's, it's hard to score. And, and in some respects, you know, maybe, maybe the first part of the season was the aberration and this team is, you know, a team that struggles to score offensively with with guys missing potentially. You know, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm sort of at a loss to to explain a lot of this in in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it's really tricky to try to like parse through it, right? Because it's like so complicated with obviously all these injuries, kind of inconsistent lineups, guys not gelling. It's obviously affected the power play um, as well. But then I think about it the other night and what kind of the players and Pete DeBoer have said recently. And I think back to, you know, Pete DeBoer alluded to like something like, hey, we're still missing some significant guys out of the lineup when they won against Ottawa on Sunday, which is obviously a very emotional kind of uh, cathartic win because Jack Eichel scores with like less than six seconds left on the power play. It's this huge lift where it's like a signature moment for him coming off, obviously, his significant injury. It's a huge moment for the Knights power play. And so I think, you know, there was obviously a lot of good vibes building off that win. Uh, but that is still a case of, you know, the Knights playing a not very good team at home and needing a last second escape to win. And when Pete DeBoer was like, hey, we're still missing some 
some horses here. I was kind of like going through in my head. I'm like, well, you got Pat Tretti back. Yes, Mark Stone is out. And obviously having your captain out and a guy who just provides the level of two-way value that Stone does is massive. But the reason that Stone is out of the lineup is so Jack Eichel can go back in the lineup in terms of salary cap wise. So I, I have a hard time kind of like figuring out like how much Mark Stone's kind of absence should be, you know, a crutch for this team when they did get obviously like a almost point per game kind of career guy and Jack Eichel back in the lineup for Mark Stone. Martinez, I think hurts because he's obviously such a Jenga piece, but then in terms of like offensively, like, you know, obviously you would rather have uh, guys like Yanmark, McNabb, uh, Howden in your lineup, but they also shouldn't be like the domino that if they fall, your offense starts to regress, as you've kind of mentioned, where now they're like more toward the middle of the pack average. Um, it's just kind of interesting. This reminds me a lot, and I don't know how you feel about it. Like the only stretch that I can remember that feels similar to this is the ninth second season where uh, they were in third place in the Pacific Division standings. Calgary and San Jose were like pretty well above them. So the Knights didn't have a lot of like external motivation to be like, oh man, we got to go like, you know, chase these guys to try to, you know, move up into the division, maybe get home ice for one of the rounds of the playoffs because it was very unlikely. And I believe it was Arizona that was chasing them from behind and was like, for the most part, like double digit points back or maybe eight points back or something like that. So they weren't really being threatened from behind either. And that team was just kind of felt like stuck in neutral for a while until the trade deadline hit and they got Mark Stone. And then all of a sudden they started rolling and played a very good playoff series that ended in interesting fashion that we don't need to dissect. But that's what it kind of feels like to me right now, Dave, like they're in this like kind of listless period, except obviously the main difference from then to now is the standings tell a much different story right now where, you know, maybe the Knights aren't motivated to catch Calgary in first place, but they're only three points behind LA for second right now. And Edmonton is only two points behind them with the potential to even knock them out of the playoff picture. And then uh, as of last night, Vancouver moved into four points behind the Knights uh, in the standings. Now, Vancouver has a very, very difficult rest of the schedule for March, so it's very likely that Vancouver kind of drops off here and the Knights don't necessarily have to worry about them. But as of right now, like they should have plenty of kind of motivation in the standings kind of kick it in gear here, and they just haven't seemed to be able to, even though, you know, recently they've had like, you know, some pretty favorable matchups in terms of just schedule-wise. I think what's interesting in the Eichel goal, and I I sort of blame myself for this a little bit. You know, I think that goal made everybody feel good. It, you know, it was a big moment, kind of his his signature play so far. But what it really did was mask the problems that were going on in that game. Like, they were 1-1 against Ottawa, which gave up eight goals the night before against Arizona. They went like almost 10 minutes in the third period without a shot on goal in that game. Like, had Eichel not scored that goal, the narrative would have been completely different. And not only for that game, but just that the way that they're playing right now. I mean, I think they were okay if you go back to, like, the March 1st game against San Jose. And then, you know, they they were sort of uh, kind of there against Boston and, and sort of faded in the third. Uh, they almost coughed up a lead against Anaheim. 
obviously the Ottawa game and then, you know, Philadelphia, they throw a bunch of shots on goal and none of them are really all that threatening and they end up with a 2-1 loss. So like some of this is, yeah, you know, it, it does remind me of the second year and I think you paint a good picture because, you know, even that year, the difference was like you said, they, they may have been third and, and all that, but they were comfortable. There wasn't like a whole lot of pressure from this side, that side, down below, up above, you know, like all these different teams and everybody trying to trying to reel them in the way they are right now. And you've got to start looking at the central division and the wild cards and, you know, what's Nashville doing? What's Dallas doing? Are they on a streak? Obviously, Haskinen goes, you know, an IR with Mono. How is that going to affect Dallas? Like there's so many different, you know, factors that are going on right now outside of the Knights control you know, in terms of just the, the standings race. And I think that's the, that's maybe the biggest difference, you know, between this year and the second season, but, you know, concern wise, again, it's, you know, maybe this is just me. Maybe, maybe it's just something that bothers me, but like the way that they have not shown urgency in the third periods recently, the way they just haven't shown urgency in general, you know, there's not, there's just not that killer instinct right now. You know, for them, they should have been all over Ottawa. They should have been all over Philadelphia. And I guess maybe the shot counter shows that they were. But, you know, in terms of just actually threatening, in terms of taking control of a game, you know, grabbing it by the neck and just saying, we're not going to give up two points to you. And I don't, you know, we don't care what it's going to take. And it just feels like that element is missing right now. And I don't know if it's a locker room thing, a chemistry thing, a leadership thing. Um, uh, you know, just something personnel wise. I, I, I've said this before. I'm on record. I feel like this team needs more just sandpaper and edge to their game. Uh, you know, it, it just feels like there's a lot of different things that are all swirling around right now. And, you know, the results and the product on the ice are being affected by it. And, you know, we can talk all we want about, you know, what they look like on paper and, you know, what the sports book odds are and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, the record says what they are, and, you know, we're almost 60 games into this at this point. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Yeah, definitely the numbers obviously don't – I don't want to say paint a poor picture of the Knights, but it just doesn't paint the picture of like a Stanley Cup um, contender. Uh, I put these numbers together yesterday, so they might have shifted a little bit with the results last night. But, I mean, the Knights are 16th in points percentage. Uh, they are 14th in goal differential. Um, for those people that like kind of more, you know, advanced – numbers uh they are 10th in expected goal share 14th in actual goal share at five on five these aren't bad numbers i mean the knights are not a bad hockey team but in terms of you know like yes this team is for sure ready to make a run at the stanley cup finally after five years of building you know i don't necessarily obviously as of this moment see that either and i kind of agree with you with kind of this lack of urgency and the only thing that's like you know preventing me from going kind of moving the concern needle higher is just like we talked about with that second year i kind of probably was at a similar place then 
The Knights go out and get Mark Stone. All of a sudden, they look really, really good the last you know 20 or so games that season. And obviously, one kind of different call, officiating decision, potentially away from going on a deep run in the playoffs that year. Now, the Knights obviously have a chance to do something similar to jumpstart themselves in 11 days when the NHL trade deadline takes place March, 20, March 21st. I mentioned how getting a Mark Stone uh, also jumpstarted them that second year. Theoretically, at some point, they could get Mark Stone back as well, and maybe he provides a similar impact, provided his back injury heals up uh, by the time the playoffs open. Um, but, you know, given that they're in that similar position now, 11 days out from the trade deadline, what do we think Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, as they sit in their perch at City National Arena, obviously not today because they're on the road, so they're not necessarily watching them practice from their usual spot. But, I mean, this close out, uh, you know, do we think they're contemplating big changes, any changes? Can they make changes? I mean, because this is the tricky part, right? And we've talked about it. Um, they would probably need to do money in, money out deals of some sort in order to do anything at the trade deadline. It's not as simple as, you know, just adding a player. And I mean, even they even can't do what they've done in the past, which is do have someone double retain uh, salary to really lower a guy's cap hit before bringing them in. I mean, in all likelihood, they would need to trade out a player from their NHL roster to bring someone else in. Um, given the state of the team, they you obviously can make an argument for that, but do we think that they are going to consider doing that, Dave? Or do we think that they're going to still hold on to hope? It's what Kelly McCrimmon kind of said a month ago when they put Stone on LTIR and activated Eichel that they want to see this team when it's healthy and they don't want to necessarily be forced to break it up until they do so. Yeah, I don't think missing the playoffs is an option for this team or this franchise. If they do, I think there would be major repercussions i you know whether it's to the roster or the front office or you know anything like that i just i don't think you can invest and do what they did kind of push all your chips into the middle of this year and be pot committed you know and then just sort of bail on it here at the last second i think the hard part is they're sort of in they're in a really kind of catch 22 they're in a tough spot right now because of Leonard and obviously they're going to know more I'm sure they're waiting on the test results and, and things like that to come back. But, like, do you have to go get a goalie? Like, that to me is the number one question or, you know, problem for George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon to solve here is, you know, can Robin Leonard hold up? And if he can't, do you have to go get another goalie? And what's that going to cost you? And then beyond that is what goalie is even available right now that you feel like, you know, would be an upgrade enough to carry you to a Stanley Cup. Like, I, I don't know who's out there that could do that without, you know, making a, a major, major trade similar to, you know, the way that they acquired Robin Leonard a couple of years ago. I, I don't, you know, it, it's tough. Like, you want to see this team healthy and, and be able to evaluate it. I think if you're, if you're the, the McManagers, but they haven't had a chance to do that. And and I guess maybe this is why they're the experts and why they get the big bucks is, is having to figure out, you know, what to do in a situation like this. Can they ride it out and, you know, make the playoffs and just get a ticket to the dance? Like 
Pete DeBoer and like it's very clear they are not worried about winning the division. Like they've all they've basically conceded that at this point. It's about just getting into the playoffs and then figuring it out from there. So, you know, I, I think they're definitely looking at you. Have to look at everything, right? If 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 you're Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, like you can't just sit idly by and and watch this team just continue to spin its wheels, you know, with injuries and offensive struggles and and all the sorts of things that we've just talked about here, you know, in this podcast, like they've been aggressive every year. They've never held back about, you know, going out and getting something done at the trade deadline. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't have that same, you know, mindset. I just think the situation is so much different because of the injuries and, you know, do you, you know, potentially not mortgage the future, but give up some of the future, to try to get somebody in now that, you know, maybe ends up not being, you know, necessary, maybe ends up being surplus or superfluous to, to everything once, once guys get healthy. So, I mean, it's a tough spot. I, I don't envy them. I wouldn't want to be there. I, I mean, I would be asking questions of every scout, every person in that front office to get different opinions and, you know, and, and try to balance it all out. But I feel like this is the toughest trade deadline that, you know, this front office has faced much more so than like the first year when it, you know, that was a pretty easy year. That was, that was okay. We're good. We're going for it. This, this is, this is the biggest conundrum I feel like they've faced. Yeah. And you mentioned the goaltending part, which I think is the most difficult part for them to evaluate because it'll depend on the severity of Robin Leonard's uh, injury, because if they believe that Leonard's going to be out short term, you know, then it's kind of fine. You're old, whatever. If you believe Leonard's going to be a medium term in terms of he's probably going to be back to the playoffs, but maybe he's going to miss a good chunk of the remainder of the regular season. Do you need to get a goalie just to get you in the playoffs as we talked about? Cause um, you know, Laurent Brassois has been a fine backup and Logan Thompson has actually been pretty good when called upon. But, you know, as you talked about, if you, we think that, you know, there's going to be some pretty severe consequences if they miss the playoffs or, you going to take a chance on those two guys leading the most important position uh, in your organization to try to, you know, get you over the hump? I don't know. It's a really interesting topic of conversation. Obviously, in terms of guys you'd feel comfortable acquiring and rolling with to uh, win a Stanley Cup, obviously, I think there's one name that people are going to think about that's going to jump to mind. Maybe he's playing in Chicago right now, but as we've previously discussed on this podcast, and that's up on ReviewJournal.com. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon was pretty emphatic. That's going to happen. And even if you want to do a guy like Brayden Holtby, who's kind of in the trade rumors out of Dallas, well, Dallas is also fighting for a playoff spot right now and might uh, be competing with the Golden Knights for one of the final wild card spots if the Knights drop out of the top three in the Pacific. So if you're Dallas, do you do that and make that happen? I don't know. Maybe if you get some decent you know, uh, kind of compensation back, but maybe the Knights don't want to do that. It's, it's all fascinating and it's all tricky and we'll have probably much more of a preview going on by next week because we'll obviously then be very, very close to NHL trade deadline day. And it'll be fascinating to see what direction this team goes in and kind of how they choose to set themselves up uh, to get into the playoffs and go forward. Uh, but we'll switch gears for now from kind of the Knights kind of weird spot. They're in a spot that they're not 
used to be into uh, talking about a guy who's in a spot that he's definitely used to uh, being in, but kind of in a different way this time. And that, of course, is Jack Eichel, because uh, tonight is his first game back in Buffalo since being traded to the Knights in November. Obviously, wasn't exactly a clean exit. Uh, he wanted to get artificial disc replacement surgery, which he obviously had, had never been performed on an NHL player before. So the team wouldn't let him. They preferred a disc fusion surgery. So they kind of fought about that. After he got hurt in March, they stripped him of his captaincy this fall. Obviously, he wasn't with the team to start the year. And then finally, about a month or so into the season, they come to an agreement where Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and draft picks go back to Buffalo. It was a difficult ending, even though he was basically kind of exactly what they probably kind of hoped and dreamed he would be after they took him uh, number two overall, one spot behind Connor McDavid in the draft. Um, he had 355 points in 375 games over uh, six seasons. And I thought, you know, in your story at ReviewJournal.com uh, today, Dave, you, you know, put it in such an interesting way where like, you know, there's obviously banners hanging in Buffalo at KeyBank Center. And Jack Eichel is a guy that's supposed to get a banner. He's that kind of talent. He was that kind of guy for the organization. And obviously it just didn't end up happening. So what did you make of kind of his reaction to being back in Buffalo? Kind of how, you know, the Knights have have talked about it. What do you think it's going to be like there? It was kind of interesting. He came into the media room and he was sort of whistling, kind of, you know, like just, Almost like putting up, not like a front, but just, you know, making sure everybody sort of understood, you know, he's he's casual, he's, you know, but he also faced some tough questions. Um, you know, he was asked about, you know, the captaincy and being stripped, but, you know, his anger about that and some other things that happened, the trade requests that he had made after the 2019-20 season before he was injured, Um there's a lot of, you know, it's it's very interesting to kind of talk to a couple of people around town, talk to the Buffalo writers and sort of see on Twitter. I, I don't, you know, I guess I'll be fair and say it's mixed. I think there's some people that definitely are rooting for him that blame, you know, ownership, maybe the previous general manager um, for not getting things done, for messing up the roster, you know, signing a guy like Jeff Skinner to, you know, big, huge contract and not. You know, seeing that that production, just just different moves like that. And so there's this weird divide of people that that either want to blame Eichel for what happened here or didn't happen here versus some other people that, you know, seem to understand there were some circumstances that were beyond his control. But I definitely think it's going to be an icy reception. I definitely think he's going to get the, you know what, boot out of him. Um. They're going to do a video tribute, my understanding, and I don't know how well that's going to go. Like, it just feels like, you know what? I'll tell a quick story. Uh, When I lived in the Bay Area, a bunch of friends dragged me to a Golden State Warriors game. The only reason that they wanted to go to that game was to boo Mike Dunleavy Jr. every single time he touched the ball. And there were 20,000 people in that arena that were booing Mike Dunleavy Jr. every time he touched the ball. And I have a feeling it's going to be similar, you know, in Key Bank Center tonight for Jack Eichel. I, I, it just feels like there's a lot of animosity. Uh, misplaced, in my opinion, unfair. 
in my opinion, but I think he's prepared for it. I, th- I think he kind of knows what's coming and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, Pete DeBoer talked about this too, that, you know, players want to be, you know, acknowledged by the fans, especially a guy like a captain, Max Pacioretty in Montreal, Jack Eichel in Buffalo, you know, you're, you're all in as a captain and you're invested and, and, uh, you know, Pete DeBoer, I, I think really tried to, you know, maybe plead a little bit with the Buffalo fans to understand that, you know, that, that Jack Eichel was invested and Jack Eichel was, was all in for Buffalo and, and wanted to win here and it didn't happen. So, you know, again, I think everybody kind of knows what's coming. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know, they, they, I think they're definitely preparing for it over the last day or two and, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I was very impressed with Jack Eichel's honesty. He didn't hide from any, any of the questions. He, you know, he stood up. He he articulated his viewpoint very well. He, you know, he conceded some things to the other side in terms of just you know the Sabers doctors and and respecting their decision and and wanting you know people to respect his and 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 I think that's a fair ask, but. You know, unfortunately, I think it's going to lead to, a, you know, a lot of vitriol tonight, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But it, yeah, as you said, I thought Eichel took, he took a direct or like understandable path where he's like, I'm going to lay out kind of my view of the situation without necessarily, you know, coming out and being like, look, like we didn't make the playoffs in six years. I was miserable here. And he didn't like, you know trash the city of Buffalo being like, it's cold and dark and your wings are terrible or anything like that. But I mean, I think he did do a good job at least being like, look, like I had a certain view of like how I wanted to treat my injury. And we've already seen um, uh, Chicago Blackhawks center, Tyler Johnson has since gotten the same surgery Eichel did, uh, which by the way, there's Eichel did an ESPN interview uh, which my favorite quote in this ESPN interview he did, and I think it'll play before the game tonight, was like, oh, yeah, I want to be like the first guy to do this surgery. Someone had to be the first guy to get Tommy John surgery, whoever that was. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the guy that first got Tommy John surgery, his name was Tommy John. They 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 named it after him. Uh, so that was really funny. But, yeah, I think he was pretty good about laying it out like, their doctor saw it one way. I respect them for that, but I saw it another way. And this is my body, my career. And so I felt it was necessary to kind of stand up uh, for it. And obviously like um, I just talked about, he might have opened a pathway for other hockey players and potentially other guys in other sports um, to get a similar surgery that he got, which is interesting. Um, But yeah, but now I think he's definitely, it seems like he's turned a corner kind of in terms of enjoying himself with the Knights now as well, where I think he was obviously kind of tentative and trying to fit in and trying to learn the systems and kind of wrap his head around everything his first couple games. But you could tell when he scored that goal against Ottawa, just how much that meant to him in terms of how fun it was, how exciting it was for him to kind of be in a big moment again. He talked about with almost uh, glee. He had the opposite approach that we've taken for most of this podcast where we're like, oh, man, this team is in a playoff race. It's never in a playoff race. How disappointing where Jack Eichel's like, oh, my gosh, I'm in a playoff race. This is awesome. All these games mean so much. This is so much fun. And so it's been interesting to see him kind of grow into that and, you know, grow into his game a little bit as well the last couple 
games here, Dave, and seemed to find a stride a little bit more. Yeah, and he talked about it that he was giving himself 10 games. You know, he didn't have a training camp. He didn't have preseason games or or any of that stuff to, to get ready. He basically had, you know, what, a month or so, I guess, of practices. And, you know, he was cleared for contact after the All-Star game and then, you know, in the lineup February 16th. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of time for him to, like, really get his legs under him, you know, really find his timing and and all that sort of stuff. He, like, he was out for 11 months, you know, almost a year. Like, you don't just, just flip a switch and come back from that. So, from that standpoint, I think he was trying to be patient with himself, you know, and, th- and that's fair. But, you know, he's 10 games in now. So, I, I mean, just to kind of circle back on all this and maybe put a bow on you know, on this podcast, look, if the Golden Knights are going to struggle here and like be in a dogfight to get into the playoffs and all those sorts of sorts of things, you acquire a guy like Jack Eichel to carry you in these moments, to be the guy who makes a play in the third period when you need it, like he did against Ottawa, you know, who can create something out of nothing, who can lift the team. Like that's what he's there for. So, you know, Maybe it's a little unfair. Maybe the expectations are, are a little much right now, but they need him. And he's he's past his 10 games right now starting tonight against Buffalo. And he needs to continue to kind of push on and improve because the Knights need him at his best right now. They absolutely do. And we'll see how he and the rest of the team continues to progress here with obviously things getting tight and things getting interesting in the standings. Uh, we'll keep you guys up to date, obviously, on all that's going on with the Knights, but we'll stop for now. Just quick before we take off, the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. And of course, if you guys rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, please do this one. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, I'm Ben Goats. He's David Sheen from Buffalo. And we'll talk to you guys again real soon. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.